Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. guys how we doing good good uh my name's chuck and along with kenan uh i get to be one of the pastors uh, of this church and uh, it's a joy serving with a guy who is spirit-filled and uh, leads us in worship and leads us in many different areas of our church um i love that dude and i'm grateful grateful and thank you man um can we just, I know we just did, but man, can we just take a minute and just celebrate how good God is? I love, yeah, yeah I mean, when, when Kenan was talking about looking out here and all of the lives that have been changed because of what Jesus has done in us and through us, man, City Light, that's, that's the grace of God that we get to experience. I mean, we got to baptize Chad this morning, and Chad will tell you his story, but uh, it's a story moving from death to life, like I said. It's a completely changed life. Chad now follows Jesus. Chad is a changed dude, and um, that's what baptism displays, and so maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, you know what? My life has been changed. I moved from death to life. I've, I've trusted that what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he did for me. It's not too late to get baptized even today. Like that's not in my script, but I want to let you know that if you, if you experienced something this morning and you saw Jesus for who he really is and you recognize that he died on the cross for my sin, that his righteousness is now my righteousness and he took my sin upon himself and you trusted that then we will baptize you, right? Like, like ASAP. Like, let, just come up and let us know. Like, if you want to let us know that, let us know, and we will work it in before we all leave here today, okay? We'll, we'll work it in, because that water is still nice and toasty. Um, what we're seeing around, happen around here a lot is that uh, Jesus is continuing to work. Jesus is, uh, he's doing a work, and we are still celebrating what he's doing. And I know we, we talk about praying for revival, but guys, I don't think we're necessarily just praying for revival. I think we're experiencing it. I think we're living in it. We're celebrating what Jesus is doing, and we just want to thank God for his goodness toward us. But before we get into the meat of the sermon this morning, I got a question for you. How many of you struggle with prayer? Be honest with me. Okay, all right, the rest of you guys can repent a little bit later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Prayer is one of those things that I, I think we struggle with a lot. Um, we either struggle to be uh, consistent in it, or maybe as we're praying, we're, um, we're feeling like the words that I'm saying, I don't even know what I'm, like this is just boring. Like, this is ridiculous, these words that I'm praying. Um, we, we, have, uh, we have access to a God in heaven, the God in heaven. He's told us to come boldly before the throne of grace. 
And we know that he hears our prayers. We know that he's moved by our faith. And yet so often, our prayers can be inconsistent or maybe sometimes even non-existent. It just seems odd to me how oftentimes my prayers, in my prayer life, it can be faithless in so many ways. And I got a theory as to why that, why that is. I got a theory that even though we love Jesus, even though we really want to honor him, we just don't feel like we're good at praying. I, I think sometimes we just don't feel like we're good at praying because like we're in city group or maybe we're in that Bible study and somebody starts praying. And you're like, I mean, they're like varsity prayer, right? I mean, they're, they're calling down heaven and like you're, they're using words from the Bible, quoting, you know, Nehemiah or whatever. And you're like, there ain't no way I'm going to pray now because that person can pray. Or maybe this happened to me a couple of times within the last couple of weeks. Uh, somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, how you doing, Chuck? Like, I'm, I'm great. Man, I'm doing really well. And I said, how you doing? And they say, you know what? I didn't hardly get any sleep last night because I spent the entire night praying for six or seven or eight hours. I'm like, man, that ain't me. How does that even happen? I like slept seven or eight hours last night. I'm well rested. And this is intimidating that somebody said they prayed all night long. Um. I think sustained, meaningful prayer is a big problem for a lot of us. And here's my theory. I think the reason that is, I think the reason we think we're not good at prayer, or maybe we don't think we spend a long, enough time in prayer, is because our prayers are too safe. Our prayers are too safe. We, we, we're used to praying things like, God, bless this food. That's a pretty safe prayer, isn't it? Or we say, God, would you just keep me safe today? Would you be with me? Those are pretty safe prayers. And sometimes I wonder what the all-powerful God in heaven thinks of my prayers. I wonder if he just looks at me and says, Chuck, that prayer is just too safe. That prayer doesn't move you along in your faith. That prayer doesn't increase your faith. There's no risk in what you just asked me. I wonder if God hears my prayers and he says, I want what you want. But I wonder if my prayers are not bold enough. I look at the verse that Kenan just read for us and I wonder, like, I, wa- I wonder what kind of prayers people need to pray to make a room shake. Like, did you, did you guys check that out? Did you catch that in what he read? The room shook and God filled people with the Holy Spirit. I wonder what makes uh, spirit-filled people speak the word of God with such incredible boldness. Where does bold faith like that come from? And I think as we go throughout the rest of our time together this morning, I'm going to share this with you, that bold faith comes from bold prayers. Okay? Bold faith comes 
from bold prayers. And Kenan read the end of the, end of the story, but I kind of want to catch us up. Um, Peter uh, and John were preaching, and as they were preaching, they were on their way to the, to the temple one day, and there was this guy who had been lame, had, he hadn't been uh, able to walk his entire life. And as, uh, as they saw him, uh, they looked at him and they prayed for him. And miraculously, his legs were, were filled like, like he had normal legs like you and I do. After having an entire lifetime of not being able to use his legs. His legs were filled with energy, filled with power. And he was able to stand up and his life was completely changed from that point on. A miracle was performed and he was able to walk. But there's a problem. There's a group of religious people called the Sadducees that were there. And uh, there was a, the, another guy called the captain of the temple guard. There's some other religious leaders that thought Peter and John were trying to start, trying to raise up this, this cultish movement. And so they arrested Peter and John. They put them in prison. Uh, put them on trial the next day before an even larger group that they, they call the Sanhedrin. It's a bigger religious group that were having problems with what Peter and John were doing. And so the scene would have looked something like this. They would have been gathered around Peter and John and they would have just been drilling them with question after question after question. Some of those questions would have been like, by what authority, by whose authority are you doing this? In whose name are you preaching this message? And so Peter responded to them in Acts, uh, in verse number eight. Uh, let's read it, with, read it with me, would you? It says, rulers of the people and elders, if we are be, being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Hey, you gotta love this. You gotta love Peter now, right? I mean, this isn't a guy that was hiding and, you know, uh, hunkering down when people were asking him if he knows Jesus. Something happened to Peter. Peter is now a bold Peter. He holds nothing back. He says, let me clearly say to all of you that Jesus is the one who healed this man. This Jesus whom you crucified is the one who healed this man. It's by his power that this man has been healed. And all of these religious people were absolutely amazed. They were blown away. Look in verse number 13. It says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They were blown away that these regular, ordinary dudes, uneducated, were able to speak like this. Um, the word that is used there for ordinary, um, it could be translated ordinary or um, uh, common. Uh, those that that kind. But the actual Greek word is 
idiotes. I-D-I-O-T. What does that word spell in our language? Idiot. That's the word that's used for that phrase, common ordinary men. So what these guys were really saying is, man, we are amazed these idiots can talk like this. That's what they were saying. So, but there's this problem. These religious leaders are looking at this, and they've got a guy who couldn't walk, but now he can. So there's obviously a miracle. They're afraid that Peter and John is leading this movement that's going to kind of take over. They feel threatened by what is going on with these new, new people that they call people of the way. And their only option is to shut it down. That's their only option at this point is to shut it down. And that's what they tried to do in verse number 18. It says, so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And so what do you think Peter and John did? They, they said, okay, we got you. Peace out. Nope, that's not what they did at all. They found their friends and they prayed. They prayed. They first of all told them, nope. And then they found their friends and they prayed. But they didn't pray a prayer like maybe you and I would pray in this situation. I, I don't know about you, but if just brought before a court and drilled with this, these questions and then threatened that I'm going to maybe have some bodily harm, wouldn't there, I mean, maybe you guys are more spiritual than me, but wouldn't there be a little bit of a um, temptation to say, I just want to stay off their radar. <laughs> like, Jesus, I know you called me to follow you. I know you called me to make disciples, but man, would you just keep me off of their radar? Would you, would you make me safe? Would you keep me comfortable? Would you, would you uh, just, man, not let any harm come to me? Keep my family, you know, help me prosper. What? I mean, am I, am I the only one that prayed that? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the only one talking and able to tell the story. So maybe you guys can talk about that in your city group, about what you might do if indeed you were ever faced with that type of situation. But I don't think I'm in the minority here. I think a lot of us would be like, man, just take me off of their radar. Just keep me safe. Help me not to get in trouble with these people anymore. Don't let anything bad happen to us. All I want to do is live a peaceful life. But they didn't pray anything like that. Look at what they prayed in uh, Acts 4, verses 24 through 30. This is what, we don't, we don't really know who is praying this. Could have been Peter, could have been John. But it says that they, they prayed this in unison. They were, they were in unity as they prayed this prayer. And it starts out, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentile rage uh, and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So what they do, this is important. Um, um, what they do is they refer back to uh, a psalm, uh, a situation that David was going through where he was being threatened. 
And so as these people are praying, they have the word of God in their mind so much so that they refer back to that. And I think that's good for us to know. It wasn't really part of my sermon this morning, but um, it's good for us to know the word of God so that as we're in prayer, as we're trying to not pray these mundane, boring, ordinary prayers, we can remember back to different people like Daniel and Moses and others and say, hey, they, they prayed this prayer. They were in this situation. Dang it, I'm going to pray that same prayer because God worked that out for them. Maybe he'll just work this out for me as well. But that's what they're referring to here. They're referring to a time when David was under threat uh, because people were chasing after him. His life was in danger. And so they said, hey, just like David was under threat, your anointed was under threat. Verse 27, for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate. So we got the same stuff going on here. We're under threat by these people named uh, Herod and Pontius Pilate. Okay along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. So that's who's threatening them. To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Now listen to their prayer. This is the meat of what they're praying. It says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. Consider it, God. Check them out. Hear them. You know what they're, what's in their heart. I want you to understand. Please, Lord, consider their threats. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants a safe place to be able to take a boat, take us to the mountains so that we can hide out. Is that what he? Uh-uh. What's he pray? He prays, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all, say it with me, boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In other words, we know that they plan to beat us and kill us. If we continue to talk about Jesus, they're going to continue to threaten our lives. But they prayed, give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Make me bold. Make us bold. Give us an unshakable confidence in you. Give us courage. Give us the faith to obey. Make us bold even though it might be a tad bit painful. Let me ask you a question, City Light. How amazed are people by your boldness? I'm not talking about like issues that you might be bold on and you can hide behind a keyboard on social media and state your opinion. I'm not talking about that kind of boldness. I'm not talking about your boldness for your political party or your sports team or anything like that. I'm asking you how bold or how, how amazed are people by your boldness to follow Jesus? How amazed are people by your boldness in sharing the love and the compassion of Jesus? How many, how, how amazed are people by your boldness to serve those around you? How amazed are those you know by your willingness to talk about your changed life? How amazed are people by your boldness? Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the lowest and 10 being the highest, um, some of you guys are probably like, you know what? I'm a 7 or 8. 
And you're like, you're like legitimately, you're seven or eight, and maybe you're even being modest at this point because those around you know exactly where you stand. Those around you know who you are. Those around you know that if they need to uh, come to you, if they need prayer, they're going to come to you. If they need help in a particular situation, they're going to come to you. They know that if they come to you, you're going to point them to Jesus. But there's some of us in this room that maybe on a good day, we might be a three, right? Like, I worked with a guy for a long time, and when he found out I was, uh, I was a Christian, he's like, oh, really? I did not know that. And you're thinking, Chuck? Yeah, for real. I was like a three when I worked at this place. I didn't want anybody to know. I was hiding out. How amazed are people by your boldness? Um, let, me, let me remind you, and hopefully this encourages you as well, Bold faith comes from bold prayers. All right? Listen to me, City Light. Let me encourage you you in this way. After this, this prayer, after these people prayed this prayer, the place that they were meeting, whether it was a building or a room, whatever, the place that they were meeting shook. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at, look at it with me again, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And here's what I love about the story. Peter and John are two men who are super bold. Like, we've begun to expect that from them, right? We we. We see how Peter and John, he, they spent time with Jesus, but now instead of just Peter and John being bold, what do we have? We have a whole room of people filled with boldness, a whole room of people stepping out in boldness. Peter and John led them to be bold in their face, and it shook the room. But it was after they prayed a bold prayer, asking for bold faith, that boldness came, and then they preached the Word of God boldly. Now, I know there may be some of you guys out there, and you're like, you know what, I just don't have that personality. You know, I'm an Enneagram, whatever, or I'm a whatever, you know. Let me, let me encourage you. Boldness isn't a personality trait. It's a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Boldness is not a personality trait. It's a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit after praying boldly and asking for a bold faith. I'm convinced that if we start praying, or if we stop praying boring, mundane, routine prayers, we just might see opportunities for God to work through us in bold ways like we've never even seen before. I just wonder if we have the guts to pray bold prayers, City Light. Do we have the guts in this room to pray bold prayers with bold faith, asking God to work in us in a bold way? I might be scaring some of you. And you're thinking, if I pray like this, I don't know what's going to happen. I am not sure what is going to happen. I might be marked as the Jesus freak at the office, or I might be donned as, the, as that spiritual guy on the job site. But let me 
let me help you. There are all kinds of ways that the Holy Spirit can prompt you to be bold. You may be in a conversation with somebody. And um, as they're talking with you, as they're chatting with you, um, you're just led to pray for them. Like, and you, you, you ask them, hey, can, can I just pray for you now? Maybe it's a moment that they're expressing some hurt. Maybe something's going on at, at home. I'm not sure, but you're talking with them. And wherever you are, in the middle of the office, in the middle of Starbucks, wherever you go, uh, in the middle of Target, you, you just, hey, let me just pray for you in this moment. That is a bold faith that's being worked out because of a bold prayer that you pray. You may be in a meeting and something inappropriate comes up. And uh, you're just like, guys, it takes a little bit of boldness, but you, you're like, guys, you know what? Let's not talk about this. We're a little bit more classy than, than that. That's a way to step, take a step in boldness. Maybe you're around the, the, the watering jug or whatever. Maybe, maybe you're at lunch with some guys. Maybe you're on the job site. And the opportunity comes up to be able to just say, hey, you know what? This is what Jesus did in my life. You might be bold when everyone else is gossiping and trash talking about your boss or your coworker. And you're like, ah, I think I'm going to step out of this conversation. Or maybe you're a little bit bolder and you say, you know what? You don't really know what that person's going through right now. But you step forward in boldness. And you, you end the hurt that that's, be, that's being caused by that, right? Maybe, maybe you can be bold by dressing modestly in a culture that is far from modest. Maybe you can be bold by helping somebody that's going through something and instead of just inviting them to church, you actually go and get them. You know, inviting someone and bringing someone to a worship gathering is uh, is completely different. It's uh, it's different, right? There's a difference between inviting and bringing. Now, listen. This is a, this is an important paragraph. There are so many different ways that God, through the Holy Spirit, might make you bold. And what would happen if every day this week you just set an alarm? Maybe it's before you go to gym, the gym. Maybe it's before you go to school. Maybe it's before you step into that meeting. And you just set an alarm that says, would you make me bold today, Father? By and through the power of the Holy Spirit, would you make me bold in my faith today? Make me bold. May I have the faith to believe that you'll show up and do what only you can do. Father, would you make me bold today? Peter and John, in the midst of very real persecution, kept on preaching Jesus. They kept watching Jesus do miracles. People continued to get saved. People continued to trust that what Jesus did on the cross, He did for them. And when you start praying for boldness, you will begin to see the power of God work out in your life like ways you've never imagined. Like ways you could not even fathom. But, 
Let me ask you something. Let me, let me mention this. Um, don't expect uh, it to be easy. Don't expect the boldness to come without a little bit of opposition. Right? Bold faith comes from bold prayer, but it isn't always the safest way to go. Um, Peter and John, we've heard a little bit of their story, but maybe you may not know exactly how their story ended. Um, John uh, was the only one of the apostles to not die for his faith. He was the only one that wasn't a martyr for his faith. You say, yes, John, I want to be like John. Well, just a second. Just a second. <laughs> he, uh, he, they tried to kill him because they, they tried to boil him in oil. Yeah. And he, he was too stubborn to die, or by God's grace, he didn't die. And so they exiled him to an island that they called Patmos. And I don't know if John, I, I think John was an extrovert. I think I could relate well to John. And being exiled and alone and on an island is not really a good place for me to be, especially after being burned in oil. That was John's life. Peter, he, they, they, uh, he, was, he was crucified on a cross, but before they crucified him on the cross, they were about to crucify him like they did Jesus. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I am not. And this, is, this comes from, this isn't in the Bible, this is come, this come from historians like Josephus and Irenaeus first and second century historians that were uh, like they had the accounts well established of what happened. So this isn't like folklore or anything like that. This is legitimate historical fact. Peter, before he was crucified on the cross, he said, no, I'm not worthy of being crucified like my savior. And so they crucified him upside down, crucified him upside down. Bold faith comes from bold prayer, but it doesn't mean that we're always going to be safe. Boldness almost always triggers opposition. So if you're facing a little opposition, hey, just take confidence that maybe Jesus is working out his, His will in your life. It seems a little counterproductive to talk about this now whenever we are, like, I'm encouraging you to, to take bold steps in your faith. You're like, man, you know, I don't know if I want to be crucified upside down. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be boiled in oil, but chances are it probably won't work out like that for you. But it could mean that maybe because of your boldness in the office, you may not get the promotion that you wanted. It, it could be that, man, maybe you just aren't invited to that party that all the other cool people are invited to. There's going to be a little opposition in City Light. I'm not going to sit up here and blow smoke. I'm going to let you know that there's going to be some opposition because the enemy will not be happy that we're being bold in our faith. There will be some opposition, but just be prepared for it. Bold faith comes from bold prayer. It doesn't always mean that we're going to be safe, but it does mean it's worth it. It is worth it. So why would these regular, ordinary people even want to be bold? Why would they risk being rejected and persecuted? Why would they risk being boiled in oil or crucified upside down? It's because they were followers of Jesus. Peter said it earlier in chapter 4. He said, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. 
It probably, he probably heard echoes of Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus said, if they reject me, they're going to reject you as well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. But see, like, there's salvation in no one else other than Jesus. There's no other name under, under heaven by which men must be saved. Peter and John, they took what Jesus said literally. They were going to make disciples. They were not going to sit back and just take it easy because they suffered a little bit of persecution. And City Light, we shouldn't either. We shouldn't either. We're called to multiply disciples in churches. That's, that's what we are called to do. That's our vision statement. Right, And we get to do that because we serve the King of Kings. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He humbled himself, died on the cross so that our eternity can be paid for forever. It's not, it's not some fairy tale. It's not some figment of our imagination. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell. There's a real thing to be gained and then there's a real penalty to be paid. And Jesus Christ came. He died on a cross so that we won't, we won't have to pay that penalty. That we get the reward he paid the penalty for us. The Bible says that their boldness led to incredible generosity. Like they turned the world upside down. We're just getting started in Acts chapter 4. And they're turning the world upside down. Their spirit and power boldness had an impact on others around them. So let... Let me say this. It could be that your Holy Spirit-empowered boldness leads someone else to knowing the freedom and the grace that is available through Jesus. What would happen, City Light, if together, like that group of people did, if together we prayed like these guys did in Acts 4? What if we prayed, Lord, look upon their threats. I don't care about the parties. I don't care about the promotions. Would you grant me the faith to be bold because of what you've done for me? You gave it all for me. Would you grant me the boldness to lay it all out there for you? We encourage our football team, leave it all on the field. Empty the bucket. Leave it all on the field. City Light, I'm asking you, what would it look like for you to empty the bucket? Not leave a drop in it. Leave it all on the field. What would it look like for us to be bold in our faith? And I encourage you this week, pray a prayer before you go into the gym, before you go into the office, before you go into school, before you go into the grocery store. Pray a prayer. Jesus, would you make me bold today? Because you were bold for me. You gave your entire life for me. What would that look like? I pray that we pray that prayer this week. All right, let's pray. Father, you're good. Um, you're good. As we think about... Um, what you have for us. Oftentimes we settle for safe. We settle for safe. We settle for the mundane. We settle for the 
stuff that's not risky. But God, I pray, Lord, that today, would you, um, would you lead us? Would you make us bold in our faith? Father, would you give us moments to where we, we, we're empowered? Would you give us moments this week to where we can see Jesus is trying to give me an opportunity to be bold? share my story, to encourage someone, to share someone with someone, to serve someone. Father, would you lead this church? Would you lead these people into moments of boldness? And God, may we be known as a people like the end of Acts chapter 4 not anyone was in need generosity was it was just common so father would you would you lead us to be bold we trust you god we know you're good may you lead us to be bold and tell others about your goodness we trust you for it, father we ask these things in jesus name Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.